Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome to Lonely Fans. And, uh, you know, I thought I would I would come out with a little, a little Christmas special, you know? I feel like I haven't really uh, ever acknowledged a holiday <laughs> on the podcast before. Mostly because I just talk about whatever. And to be honest, like, you know, as you get older, holidays become more of just like a busy time or like... As sad as it, as it is to say, like, it doesn't, it's not as special, even when it comes to Christmas. But I've been thinking a lot about Christmas movies, and I think we need to have a discussion about <laughs> the good, the bad, and the ugly of Christmas movies. Because they're really, they're, you know, there, there are some ones that stick out. There are some ones that shine, they're on the nice list. And there are some, like, Jesus wasn't born for this, you know what I'm saying? Like... <laughs> If Jesus knew that these movies were going to come out to commemorate his birth, he would have simply stayed in the womb, is all I'm saying. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna, you know, in in true Lonely Fans fashion, which I don't think I've done in a while, I'm going to do a tier list, but I'm, you know, instead of just doing, like, the bottom, middle, top tier, I I, I, I took the liberty of, of making my own tiers. Um, and let me explain them, because some of them really need an explanation. Okay, so, uh, okay, here are the tiers. Naughty list. I think that goes without saying. You know, movies that should be on the naughty list that don't really deserve to see the light of day. Uh, you know, lumps of coal is what, is, is what it's giving. <laughs> uh, next is Boxing Day. Now, if you're anything like me, so apparently Boxing Day is a day celebrated in... In certain parts of the United Kingdom, according to Wiki, 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 Wikipedia. But, you know, if you're anything like me, you learn about Boxing Day uh, by reading Harry Potter. <laughs> and, you know, to be completely honest, I don't really know what it is. And because I'm an American, I completely forget that it exists. But it, it seems kind of chill, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm pretty sure in the fourth book on Boxing Day, that was when, like, that was, that was uh, you know, they had a snowball fight and then they all went to the Yule Ball, I'm pretty sure. So if I put a movie in this category, that means that, you know, it might be forgotten about, it might be slept on, but it shouldn't be. Like, it's still cool, you know? It still has that it factor. The next tier is <laughs> very appropriate for a good portion of Christmas movies. I'm calling it What in the Stop Motion because... <laughs> Again, I mean, there's a whole category, and to be completely honest, guys, like, the, the stop motion, it, you know, I will, I will say the only thing worse than, like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer stop motion is, like, Wallace and Gromit claymation, okay? I understand that, you know, the, it, it's a craft in and of itself, and, I'm, I'm, and I know it takes countless hours to make one scene in claymation or just stop motion in general, but it's like, why? You know, sometimes you, you dedicate a lot of time towards something and it, it, it pays off, but like, why would you spend a portion of your life making the most terrifying thing to watch on earth? Like, I'd rather go back to silent films than, than, go to, than watch a stop motion movie. Um, and then the last tier is actually saves the Christmas movie genre. There are a couple of those because, to be honest, like, I don't know, I used to be 
I mean, I, I get excited to watch Christmas movies. Let's be honest. Like, who doesn't? If you don't, like, <laughs> hi, Scrooge. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I feel like, it, you know, nothing nothing beats coming home for the holidays, turning on cable or whatever equivalent, and just, you know, seeing, seeing you know, <laughs> every time I turn on the TV, it's always the Jim Carrey, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And you could point a gun to my head and I could not tell you a single thing that happens in that movie because it all seems like one fever dream. And I've never watched it from start to finish. It's just been like, I come in at a random point and something tells me that even if I had started at the beginning, I still wouldn't know what the heck is going on. You know what I'm saying? Um... So listen, I feel like Christmas movies, they're a staple if you're, if you're trying to get into the Christmas spirit. But that being said, there are some that are better than others. So let's begin. First, we have Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Of course, this goes in the what in the stop motion category um, because it's honestly, in hindsight, it's terrifying. But I was doing a little bit of research and apparently, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is banned? Of course I can't find the article now that I'm talking about it. Um, oh, why was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer banned? Pop Culture TV says some parents want holiday movies like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer removed from TV because they contain bullying scenes. Well, dang, I, best you, I, I guess you better keep your kid home from school because... <laughs> every day is a bullying scene you know what i'm saying uh as an adult rudolph is the saddest thing ever with the bullying and shaming and mean santa to be completely honest like i haven't watched rudolph and the red-nosed reindeer rudolph and the rudolph the red-nosed reindeer for a long time but honestly like (laughs) hermie Okay, listen, I understand that... Okay, I'm just gonna say this. Hermie is an elf, therefore, he is ageless to me. Like, you know, he's like... I feel like elves... Age... Age is just... It isn't It isn't a concept. You know, at the risk of sounding like R. Kelly, age doesn't matter to elves, okay? I'm just saying, Hermie's about to make me act up. <laughs> um... <laughs> Like, and also Clarice loved her. Like every, like every, every, every baddie wanted to be Clarice when they were little. You know, you know some some girls wanted to be Barbie. Some girls wanted to be Cinderella. I wanted to be Clarice. Ooh, new move goal. You've reached your new move goal of one hundred twenty calories. When? Oh, I went on a really long walk today. That's why. I have finally freaking updated my iPhone. Um, which I don't do unless absolutely necessary, but it was at that point where it was like, you can't take pictures because, like, your phone isn't updated. I'm like, okay. I guess. It's like, you know, sometimes, <laughs> this is a tangent, but I was thinking about the fact that, you know, there's there's the new version of the, of the ABC song, you know? We all know the one that's like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Now I know my ABCs, next time won't you sing with me? Like, that's the one I grew up with. But, <laughs> 
And you know, this is this is a this is a this is a heated topic for some people. Some people don't like this. But there's a new version on the block, and I have to say Okay, here's how it goes, and then I'm going to tell you my opinion as a first grade teacher, so my opinion is valid. It it goes A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T Wait. <laughs> Dang, I'm about to be fired if if my <laughs> my coworkers listen. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. A B C D E F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V W X Y Z. Now I know my ABC. Blah blah blah. Next time, you sing with me. People who don't recognize this new ABC song, grow up. The future is now, and we will leave you behind because it makes so much more sense. Because the H I J. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know that well, so I need to... Okay, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, rhymes with W, X, Y, and Z. Like, wait, I'm, I realize that I'm, I'm, I'm omitting some letters and I'm mixing up the order of some and, you know, I didn't mean to put myself on blast like this, uh... These are the, these are our, our educators of America. They can't even sing the ABC song right. But all I'm saying is the way that it rhymes. Like I know it, it seems a little unnatural if you grew up with the other version, but it's like grow up, you know. Like we can adapt. Um, all that was to say. Uh, I I really actually don't know where I was going with that. I was talking about adapting. You know, for somebody who claims. I don't, I don't remember what I was talking about. Okay. Um, but you know, back to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, thinking about it, like, let me just, I I mean, I know what it's about, obviously. I'm just going to read the synopsis because honestly, like the more I think about it, the more frigging messed up it it is. And also like, I've heard that (laughs) the song is controversial too, um, because let me, let me pull up the lyrics. Because of the lesson that it teaches, basically, that it's, like, the the nose red reindeer, or whatever. The internet won't know what I'm talking about. Okay. All the other reindeer used to laugh and call his names. They never let poor Rudolph join any reindeer games. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? So the other reindeer loved him only after Rudolph proved himself useful to them. That's messed up. Like, you know, the whole story is supposed to be like, Rudolph, you can you can overcome this. Like, you can get over being bullied. But it's like, why does Rudolph have to do all the heavy lifting? <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm trying to look at this in the lens of like, you know, a, a concerned, you know, an over an over concerned parent. Who's like, why is my child singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer at school? Um, Yukon Cornelius, an elf who wants to be a dentist. Oh my gosh, wait, it's giving uh, Monsters University? <laughs> you know how like, how like little Mike 
wants to be a scarer, but it's like, bro, you're not scary. Except an elf actually can be a dentist. Like, he was good at it, so. Uh, the Abominable Snowman. I remember being terrified of him as a child. Um, and then, yeah, once Rudolph proves himself useful, oh, yeah, all of a sudden everybody loves him, but it's like, where were you when we were playing reindeer games? When he, Rudolph was in his formative years, you know, trying to earn that respect and attention from his peers. Um, you know, you can't really give that time back, and Rudolph is damaged in a way that cannot be fixed, even by Santa himself. So it's kind of a messed up story, to be honest. So yeah, not one of my favorite um, Christmas movies. And then, well, okay, I wasn't going to talk about this, but the, like, the second one, the one that's not, like, stop motion, it's, like, actually animated. To be completely honest, I don't really remember this one. Um, okay, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Island of Misfit Toys. Okay, oh my gosh, this was, ta- oh my gosh, the animation, 2001. Oh my gosh, the animation was terrible. I mean, good for the time, obviously. I mean, I I can't animate anything, you know. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to review what this is about because I remember liking this movie. Cuz I remember there was that there was that mysterious character like in the long trench coat and I genuinely forgot who it was. Um, okay, let me spoilers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The toy taker! (laughs) Toy taker! Okay, wait, no, I gotta go to the beginning. I can't. Okay. Rudolph uh, travels with Hermie to the Island of Misfit Toys to give King Moonracer a root canal dental treatment. A storm sends him to Castaway Cove, uh, where Rudolph considers having his nose made more normal-looking by a hippopotamus named Queen Camilla. Okay, plastic surgery. Introducing this, like... Dang, okay. The, okay, meanwhile, the evil toy taker is stealing all the toys from the island, including Santa's workshop, which made Santa cry. Oh, I'm so sorry, Santa, that you're crying. But where were you when Rudolph, the child, was crying because he wasn't included in the games and you laughed at him? I have no sympathy for Santa in this, you know, in this, in the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer cinematic universe. Uh, claiming, so the toy taker's claiming that he's saving them from the inevitable fact that children eventually grow, outgrow their toys and throw them away. Okay, so, Toy Story 3, but make it terrifying animation. Basically, basically. Okay, Rudolph has a plan to foil the toy takers by disguising themselves as toys. The toy taker's blimp arrives and manages to steal them along with the misfit toys, All except for Bumble, who is too big to fit into the blimp, so he falls on a floating iceberg. Wait. Oh! (gasps) Bumble's the the snow monster, but he's actually, like, a really, like, sympathetic character. He falls on a floating iceberg. Rudolph tries to talk to a new misfit toy, a kite who is scared of heights, and wakes him up from his hypnosis, but fails. What? The toy taker hears all the chatter and realizes they're intruders, catches, you know, the characters. Uh, they, take, they take control of the blimp. They wake the toys from their hypnosis. Yukon finally chases the toy taker up to the top of the blimp. Um, blah, blah, blah. He falls. Uh, toy taker flees. Dang, this is kind of a long plot. What the heck? Due to the holes in the blimp from... 
you know, Yukon Cornelius's, like, the spikes in his shoes. Herman loses control, they crash, they find the toy taker in the mine. Yo! Oh my gosh, I remember. That was actually, like, such a lit scene, though. When they're, like, in the mine. Dude. That, honestly, maybe this was a good movie, to be honest. And they're, like, in the, they're in the, 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 the mine carts, you know? Maybe this was a good movie. I mean, this is, you know, the this is not the original, but this is, like, the, the sequel. Uh, okay, they chase each other, blah, blah, blah. Um, Yukon manages to lasso him up with Hermes dental floss. <laughs> this, this whole movie is just supposed to teach kids that they need a floss. <laughs> Upon removing the toy taker's coat and hat, it is revealed that he is none other than a teddy bear named Mr. Cuddles. He apologizes and tells them he used to belong to a boy named Stephen. Of course, it's Stephen with a V. Stephen with a PH would never. <laughs> Who outgrew him and threw him away. After this, he became the toy taker to save the other toys from being thrown away. Um, Santa explains that he knows Stephen is looking for him. Don't know how he knows that. Um, Queen, okay. Oh, oh, Rudolph brings Mr. Cuddles to Queen Camilla to repair him. Uh, Mr. Cuddles gets returned to Stephen. Okay, and it was all just one big misunderstanding. So, like, what I'm hearing is Mr. Cuddles and uh, Lotso Bear need to, like, have an intervention and be like, listen, just because somebody does not want to be with you at all hours of the day does not mean that you are abandoned and not worthy of love. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, was not planning on talking about that, but that honestly was a good movie. Like, you know, if you are, if you know, you know. Okay, next movie that I was planning on talking about, and this is a movie series, The Santa Claus. Now, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care because the people that I've talked to don't like this movie. And honestly, I do not get it because this is a movie that me and my family quote throughout the year. And, like, if a Christmas movie has, has, has the impact throughout the year, like, like it, it surpasses, you know, just the month of December in cultural impact, I think it's notable. Um, and I think the first movie is good. I think the second movie, the one, the one where they have the toy Santa, is that the one? Yeah, and he meets, like, you know, the, the really... <laughs> the the principal like you know whatever that one's so like i don't understand like the comedic genius okay i realize that an probably maybe what it is is you know some people don't like tim allen okay but i think this was him at his best all right i'm just gonna say that so the santa claus i'm gonna put it in the actually saves the christmas movie genre tier because without fail, like, I always want to watch this movie during Christmas time. Next movie, Elf. Just watched Elf the other day. It was, or yesterday, it was on TV. Um, I mean, this is a solid, like, this is a solid movie. And I will say, I will say, as a kid, some of the jokes went over my head. But now I'm like, oh, so he really, like, you know, this very happy man who grew up in Santa's workshop, he goes to, like, <laughs> the, like, least friendly place on Earth, New York City, 
and, you know, he's introduced to the corporate world and, you know, his, uh, his dad has to, to grapple with, you know, do I, do I prioritize my son over my, my, my nine to five job that, you know, you know, working for the man and I don't know, it's really good. Um, yeah, actually saves the Christmas movie genre again. I will say, like, I don't know if this is a popular opinion or not. Like, so I'm just really speaking into the void here because I, I don't know how people feel about Will Ferrell. But I feel like the things that Will Ferrell, like, people don't remember him in are his best movies. Like, okay. to Yeah, because to, to be completely honest, I don't love Will Ferrell. Like, mm-hmm. he's good in Elf. He's good in... Megamind, of course. Um, what uh, what's the other movie that I'm thinking of that he's in? Uh, Kicking and Screaming. That's a good movie. Like, you know what I'm saying though. But it's like it's kind of the under the radar movies. I mean, I guess Elf's not really under the radar. Wait, he's in the menu. No. What? Hold on. Hold on. No. 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 No what he is no he's not i just i just saw it in theaters like two days ago oh he produced it oh okay so he wasn't actually in it okay i don't know okay so maybe will ferrell is not as overrated as i once thought i have you know educated myself between the start, you know, me pressing the star button and now. Um, Elf is a good movie. Actually saves the Christmas movie genre. Next, Little Drummer Boy. Did you mean, like, I, I, I mean, I'm talking about the movie, but like, in this, in this case, when you think about the song, it's like, why does a Christmas song sound like a funeral march? You know what I'm saying? Like, Christmas is all, it's, you know, supposed to be about birth and like, you know, starting it, well, I guess, well, I guess Easter is kind of about starting it, you know, getting resurrected. You know what I'm saying? Like, a Christmas song should not sound like a funeral march, okay? This movie, you know, I'm sure, I, I like the, I guess the meaning of the movie, and I think it's like, basically this boy, he comes to Jesus's birth and is like, I don't have anything, so here's me playing my drum. Wait, what? What? Hold on a minute. The little drummer boy has... Hold on. This doesn't get shown as much on TV anymore, probably due to some borderline racist caricatures on the film's sidelines. What? I haven't watched this in a long time, so, like, <laughs> they're canceling everything. But, okay, now that they say that, though, now that they say that, though, <laughs> I feel like I kind of remember that. Like, no, I gotta, I gotta, I, I, I gotta, I gotta look into the uh, problematic. Guys, all these Christmas movies is problematic. Okay, let me let me figure out exactly what it is. Okay, the makers of what? 
Oh, okay. Arab Americans call Christmas TV show racist. Oh, bro. Oh, it's only a half hour long. Okay, so it has a bad uh, portrayal, a negative portrayal of Arabs. Yeah, that's, I think that's fair. (laughs) I mean, to be honest, I mean, we need to, we need to leave, we need to leave this movie in the past anyway. Like, this for sure, this for sure is going on the naughty list. Like, or wait, no. Well, it's naughty list, but I mean, it really also is what in the stop motion. Um, It's just like, I don't know. Like Rudolph is like, okay, passably good. But Little Drummer Boy, like it's, it's giving, it's a small world. And that ride is low-key terrifying. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it has the doll vibe. It has, it's just, it's not good vibes. You know, sweet story, but like obviously we can leave it in the past. (laughs) I mean, it came out in like, what, the 60s? I love how I do my research before I start the episode. Um, hello, when did it come out? Perfect version? What the freak? Yeah, December 19th, 1958. Okay, it's been out for a long time. All right, next, Frosty the Snowman. This is a tricky one. Because I haven't I again, I haven't watched this one in a while. Maybe I should have watched all these movies before. But it is a thing. It's like I watch them every Christmas. So it's like I, you know, I have I have the I have the catalog, okay? I have the experience. Um oh my gosh, there's controversy. What? There's controversy over Frosty the Snowman? Instead, what oh my why is every freaking (laughs) they're canceling everything these days like okay frosty the snowman came out in the 70s like you know should we leave it in the past maybe okay hold on hold on hold on hold on i want to understand why inappropriate christmas tunes and tunes being like cartoons okay oh uh you want (laughs) to what the heck before you click on the video above, you might want to make sure there are no KOS, kids over shoulder. Now, this might be not an appropriate joke, but KOS sounds a little bit too close to KYS, I'm just saying. So maybe they should think of another. Anyway, because this this CBS Frosty the Snowman video clip is not representative of the G-rated movie you may have watched together as part of your family Christmas tradition. Um, instead, the CBS Frosty the Snowman mashup shows Frosty in familiar scenes from the cartoon, but with a dubbed voice saying inappropriate lines from How I Met Your Mother- Oh, so- What? What? So, it sounds like it's an edit that somebody made, so it's not actually the movie. (laughs) What the heck? People are looking at- People- The outrage culture- People are looking for reasons to be mad. Um, Frosty the Snow, you know, it's cute. What? Hold on. Guys, I'm learning so much just by looking at random articles. 
This question, what does Frosty the Snowman symbolize? Frosty the Snowman is actually a messianic figure, a Christ archetype. We shall now, we shall, we shall now prove to you that Frosty the Snowman is Christ. Soon you too will recognize that Frosty the Snowman can be the savior to a new generation. Um, sounds like blasphemy to me. Wait, what? Oh my gosh, guys, this is really interesting. I I know I meant to do a tier list, but now, now this is just like fun facts. Things you didn't know about your favorite Christmas movies. That's probably what I'm going to name this episode, to be honest. Okay. Harmon K. loves the snow. Last week, Harmon K. built a snowman. It was very nice. It was actually a snow woman. But then, Harmon K. remembered that sexuality is politically incorrect. There is now a degendered snow person in the yard. It is a very nice degendered snow person, but Harmon K and Big Al are not here to talk about gender issues. We are here. What the freak? Maybe I should look at the the source before <laughs> before I read. What is this? The Lantern. What? Is, what? Is, okay, sorry. I need. I need to do a little digging into what this this news site is. What is the Lantern? Like, what is? What are the the Lantern Media Group. Is it independent, award-winning student voice of Ohio State? Oh, okay. So it's like a student uh, paper. Okay. Guys, this is so funny. Like, why can we just not let these movies be? You know what I'm saying? But also, I think it's really interesting. Okay. Ah, I, I, ah, I, ah, I lost the article. Hold on. Okay. Oh my gosh, I lo- let me let me live. Okay. Oh my gosh, what the heck? We are here to change your life and help you see the light. Blah blah blah. Jesus is a pretty swell dude, we're told. Where is this going, bro? I am not seeing I'm not seeing the connection. Okay. It's called Frosty the Snowman, but Frosty the Snowman is not about a snowman. Frosty the Snowman is actually a messianic figure, a Christ archetype. And we'll prove it to you. (laughs) Frosty the Snowman is a fairy tale they say. He was made of snow, but the children know how he came to life one day. That's exactly like Jesus. A lot of people don't believe that Jesus existed and rose from the dead, but the quote-unquote children of God know. There's too many exclamation points in this article. (laughs) Let's explore further. Like Jesus, Frosty is a jolly old soul. Now, this is, you know, my commentary. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if personally in my, you know, in my in my study, you know, my my 23 years of study on this earth, I don't know if jolly old soul would be the first thing I use to describe Jesus. Like, you know, everybody everybody liked to be with him, you know, he was cool to hang out with, he like was chill but like I think he was like I think he was chill I don't I wouldn't say he's jolly that like I feel like that doesn't fit that doesn't fit with you know my interpretation but anyway um everybody liked to be with him the corncomb pipe and button nose is purely incidental can you believe that John the Baptist is mentioned in the song I'm sorry is this a serious article <laughs> Wait, Harmon K is a senior zoology slash history major. 
Big Al is a sophomore Russian major from Upper Arlington. What the? I cannot tell. I lit. I I genuinely cannot tell if this is supposed to be like satire. Okay, so there must be. Wait. Can you believe that John the Baptist is mentioned in the song? John baptized Jesus by putting water on his head. There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found. The hat, of course, of course, being the baptismal water. Now that one's a stretch, okay? The the quote-unquote magic, of course, is the Holy Spirit. What happens to Frosty next? For when they placed it on his head, he began to dance around. What does the Gospel of Matthew have to say about this? You know, never once have I been watching Frosty the Snowman as a child and <laughs> have I had the question, what does the Gospel of Matthew have to say about this? Guys, let's pause the pause the the video, the videotape, you know, pa- pause the VCR. <laughs> uh, lo, the heavens were open unto him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. Jesus then began to preach throughout Judea. Yes, now you begin to see the truth with a capital T. The Frosty Song now discusses Christian theology. Okay. Frosty. Oh, yo. Kind of gets dark. Frosty the Snowman knew the sun was hot that day, so he said, let's run and we'll have some fun now before I melt away. That's referring to Jesus' preaching, feeding the 4,000, and walking on water. Activities, Big Al at least, considers fun. I love how they're talking about these author, like the authors of this article, like we're supposed to know who they are. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. There's just too many tells that are that, that are hinting to me that this is satire. But I genuinely am I'm intrigued. Um... What the heck? What does Frosty do? Down down to the village with a broomstick in his hand, running here and there all around the square, saying, catch me if you can. The final stanza of the song explicitly invokes the passion and sacrifice of Christ. The traffic cop can only refer to Pontius Pilate. He led them down... <laughs> Sorry. He led them down the streets of town right to the traffic cop. And he only paused a moment when he heard them holler, stop. He said, don't you cry, I'll be back again someday. Well, okay, that part makes sense. You know, I'll be back again someday. You know, he, he comes after again after the third day. <laughs> you know, all that being said, you know, as interesting as this Lantern article is, I don't think that Frosty the Snowman saves the Christmas movie genre. But I don't think it fits any of the categories that I that I currently have. So, <laughs> so maybe I'll add <laughs> a tier archetype of Christ. <laughs> Frosty the Snowman is actually an archetype of Christ. So that's the tier that he's going in. I I'm just gonna leave that one there. Next, <laughs> the year without a Santa Claus. Now. As far as this, this does go in what in the stop motion, but I think that this movie is a cut above the rest, okay? And I'll tell you why. It, 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 it honestly, Heat Miser and Snow Miser are looking camp right in the eye. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, you're gonna watch that, like, that part of the movie where they're both singing their song, and I'm like, wait, this is musical genius, you know, they're, they're fighting over, you know, which is better, heat or snow? 
are we going to have a white Christmas or a green Christmas? It's like, okay, why does the Christmas have to be white? That's weird. <laughs> Obviously, they're not with the times. Um, this movie came out in the series? What the? Um, 1974. On it, like, and to be completely honest, like, this could be a musical. I, like, I am genuinely, like, is it a musical? Because if it is, don't let Lin-Manuel Miranda get his hands on it. (laughs) Because we would, we know that he would, let's see, who would he want to play? He'd probably want to play Santa. And we can't have that, okay? (laughs) Okay, it's not a musical, but I'm just saying that it could be. It could be. It has, because it has some good songs too, you know what I'm saying? So this does go in what in the stop motion, but it is a cut above the movies that I have put in this category thus far. All right, the next movie, they are going to be people mad at me. Um, Polar Express. The only thing that I feel while watching Polar Express is existential dread. Okay? And genuinely, I feel like that is kind of what it's supposed to invoke. Is it? Is it not? I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, I, it's, it's mental illness. There's a mental illness among us. But I don't know. I watch Polar Express and I'm like, this does not give me hope for the future. You know what I'm saying? Like, the only, the only scene that makes me happy. Wait a minute. Josh Hutcherson is the voice of Hero Boy? Peta Malark? Wait, who's Hero Boy? Whatever. No, Hero Boy is like the main character, right? Like the main kid. Yeah, okay, whatever. It doesn't really matter. The only scene that makes me feel any sort of joy is the hot chocolate scene. You know what I'm saying? Like, like everybody remembers when they were in elementary school. Like, that, you know, there was at least one year when you watched that, the hot chocolate scene from Polar Express, and your teacher passed out some, like, lukewarm hot chocolate, which, like, I can totally empathize with, because it's like, how are you going to bring hot water to school all day and keep it hot, you know? But other than that, like, the movie is not redeemable to me. Um, and I know that that's gonna, that's gonna, that's gonna step on some toes, but, you know, I do appreciate, I kind of I want to, here's this question. Was Polar Express a flop? Uh, no, I don't care about the box office. I care about, what is the message? The importance of believing, the value of friendship, respect for leadership and courage, and the beauty of being kind to others. I mean, it did have like, you know, that one, that one, you know, underprivileged kid that, maybe When Christmas Comes to Town is a good song. But, okay, here's what it all comes back to, though. When when we're, like, listing Christmas movies that we want to watch, you know, we 12 Days of Christmas, let's list a movie that we want to watch every day before Christmas, leading up to it. Polar Express is not on my list. And for that reason, it's going to go on, on the naughty list. <laughs> Actually, is the Tom Hanks conductor an archetype of Christ? I'm sorry, I cannot get over the Frosty the Snowman. Polar Express, Christ, Archetype. You know, 
it it maybe has never been searched for in the history of Google, but yeah, no, nothing's coming up. Is the Polar, oh my gosh, here we go. Is the Polar Express an evangelical film? Oh my gosh. A boy's dreamlike train ride. See, to me, it's not dreamlike. Like, it feels like a nightmare. Um, it's rich enough in image and feeling to accommodate many interpretations. Wait, what? Paul, Paul Lauer, who is a key player in the film's marketing apparatus, sees the Polar Express as a parable for the importance of faith in Jesus Christ. Are you kidding me? I mean, I was going to say, why is every Christmas movie, like, connected to Christ? And then I was like, wait. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> that's, and that's, and that's my bad. And that's my bad. Is it an evangelical film? I, you know what? I'm not going to look into it because that's the thing. I don't care about the Polar Express movie. Okay. It's going on the naughty list. I don't care. Next movie, which, you know, in stark contrast, (laughs) it's a wonderful life. Now, one could even argue that this isn't really a Christmas movie, you know, and it's not. It's not. I mean, really the only part about it that's like Christmas is it, you know, when it, when it's the Christmas season at the end and after he, you know, goes through like, oh, what if I hadn't existed at all? And then like he comes back and they're like singing a Christmas song or whatever. But it's not really a Christmas movie. But I feel like in terms of like Christmas messages, like hopeful Christmas messages, like when I watch The Polar Express you know, as opposed to this existential dread that I feel, I actually feel, like, hope, you know? And I feel like it's very telling in that, like, a lot of shows and movies have kind of, like, not parodied, but, you know, they've, like, done their their own, like, you know, I w- what if I never existed at all? Like, I swear there was an Arthur episode that had this. Hold on. There was an Arthur episode when... It's a Wonderful Life is a movie. Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. I have to... Okay, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! The the uh, the Arthur Christmas movie, that one's good, but I haven't seen that in a long time. Arthur's Perfect Christmas. Um, okay, Buster, however, convinced her that they should just relax on Christmas and celebrate Baxter Day. Dang, you know, Frosty the Snowman is an archetype of Christ, and then Buster's over here being, like, the head atheist. Like, he said, take the Christ out of Christmas. E. Arthur? I, I, I should have known just as much as, as somebody who had a very, like, who had a very, like, gay-coded character who finally had him come out in, like, the last episode. I should have guessed. Um... You know what I'm saying, though? Like, a lot of movies and shows will do the, what if I'd never existed? And then they, like, go around their life and see what it would be like if they never existed. So, I mean, this one actually saves the Christmas movie genre. That's the tier it's going in. Next, we have The Grinch That Stole Christmas. And, you know, for the sake of the aforementioned fever dream experience that I've had with the, you know, the live action, how The Grinch... Is it the Grinch that stole Christmas or is it how the Grinch stole Christmas? Again, I need to do my research before. Why would I do that? 
How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Wow, I definitely, okay. I'm going to be talking about the animated one because I'm a lot more familiar with that. And when I was in a musical theater class way back, you know, when I was a kid, we did How the Grinch Stole Christmas and I may have forgotten all my lines during the performance, but that's neither here nor there. Every star has to get their start somewhere. (laughs) You know, star, every star has to get their start somewhere. It's in the name. So, how the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 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 animated version. Like, no, I don't want to look at the Jim Carrey version. I don't care about that version. To be completely honest, like Jim with Jim Carrey with Peace and Love. Like, I just don't. Like, this is a good movie. You know, it's a solid movie, and and I think it really like you know, it kind of gives us something that we haven't really experienced, like somebody who, who, who hates Christmas so much that he tries to ruin it for other people. But then Cindy Lou Who, I don't even remember what she does, bro. She, she's like, Santa, can, what, what, why are you taking off our Christmas things? I don't know. But at the same time, it's like this movie... I don't know. What I have an 8.3 on IMDb. That seems kind of high. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, though, I don't really want to put this in actually saves the Christmas movie genre. <sighs> it's not really forgotten about either. Is the Grinch an archetype of <laughs> the devil? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Um, I'm just going to look up like Christian... I want to see what the Christian ties are. Oh my gosh. Maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. Okay. 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 You know what? I'm not going to say that this saves the Christmas movie genre, but like it, it is a worthy... A worthy competitor, I would say. So let's put it in that tier. Next is Home Alone. Now, I realize that I have not used the Boxing Day category, like, at all. (laughs) And that's because it's a stupid category and I don't really know what I was thinking. So I probably will get rid of that one. (laughs) Home Alone, I don't care what you say comedic genius okay the and i know this is i think well because there's home alone like the first one like that i mean that's a classic i'm sorry that's a classic and then there's home alone lost in new york with the pigeon lady and then there's home alone what is home is home alone three it eventually stops having the the same kid i will say like the the best home alones are the ones with macaulay culkin and in it yeah home alone three becomes not that kid um, and, you know, everybody remembers the scene in Home Alone 2 where, you know, uh, Kevin comes across Donald Trump in, what hotel is it? Uh, hold on. Or, you know, on some, I'm sure it's important. <laughs> the Plaza Hotel, that's, that's what it is. What is this? Macaulay Culkin wants Trump removed from Home Alone. See, okay. All right. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry, but like, it's a funny moment. It's a funny, you know, it's a time that we can look back on and we can all laugh and say, wow, look at him. Look at him. He, 
you know, when I watched Home Alone 2, I personally saw that scene and I thought, you know what? That man should run for president. Like, the cultural impact that scene has. Okay. Anyway, Home Alone, I would say actually saves the Christmas movie genre because I don't think it's really forgotten about. A Charlie Brown Christmas... Maybe this will go in the Boxing Day category because I feel like that one kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But I think it's a cool movie, you know? I'm not like a super big fan of Charlie Brown stuff. Um, You know, it's just not for me. I mean, when I was a kid, I loved Snoopy. Okay, but Charlie Brown Christmas, you know, the, the iconic, like, really small Christmas tree with the one ornament. And Like, I love Snoopy, you know? It's cute. Let's put that under the Boxing Day category. Forgotten about, but cool. Even if it's not really forgotten about, okay? I, I want to use that tier for something. Okay, next we have The Nightmare Before Christmas. Now, I know that this is a cult classic, okay? And I realize that. Now, The Nightmare Before Christmas has very good music. Great, even. I have only watched this movie once um, because it wasn't really one that, like, my family watched growing up. So, like, the first time I watched it was, like, in high school because it was my senior year in high school because in choir we sang, uh, you know, this is Halloween, this is Halloween. And so, like, on the last day before Christmas, like, we watched it. Um, And I don't really know what was going on. Which I think is, you know, how it's supposed to be. I don't, I don't think it's supposed to make a lot of sense. So, wait, what? Billie Eilish to play Sally in Nightmare Before Christmas live show? Okay. Okay. I don't know. I need to watch that movie again. It's just, like, not one that I've watched a lot. Um, I actually genuinely don't think I can put it in a category because I don't, like, know it well enough. Okay, and the last movie that I- Wait, no, 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 no. The second to last movie, because I just watched a new one last night that I want to talk about. Um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town is the second to last. Again, what in the stop motion? That being said, I do think it's kind of cool how, um... Like, the, the movie does does a good job explaining kind of the lore. Wait, what is it? Santa Claus? The lore behind some of, like, Santa Claus's um, characteristics. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I, I definitely need to review the synopsis of this movie. Okay, so Kris Kringle, oh my gosh, and his... He, he got that baddie by, by his side. <laughs> uh, okay, so he's a mailman, right? Isn't, isn't the baddie, she's like a teacher or something? She would be. Okay, the mailman decides to answer some of the most common questions about Santa Claus. Tells us about a small baby. Burger, Meister, Meister, Burger. Uh, okay, he wants to deliver toys. The evil wizard. Um, again, this movie has some fire. Like some bangers. Some fire songs. Um, I'm just trying, oh no, here we go, here, again, again with the (laughs) cancel culture is added again. Okay, here's this article, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, edited by 21st Century Parents, oh no, 
Oh no, it's let me tell you just by looking right now it's it's a commentary about how parents these days are raising such soft kids like instead of you better to watch out it's you have nothing to fear and then instead of you better not cry it's of course you can cry like it's so stupid it's so stupid i'm not even gonna entertain it any longer stop stop like as a teacher i can tell you that like I am not, I, I, I'm not raising any soft children, okay? Like, I let, I let, I let my kids lose when they, you know, don't, when they deserve to lose, which is whatever they don't win. Okay, um, here we go. Sorry, I'm just reviewing. No, I don't, I'm not looking up the song. I'm looking up the movie, bro. At the end of the day, though, at the end of the day, though, we cannot forget about the horrific stop motion which again, I appreciate the effort put into it. My nightmares don't really appreciate it, however. <laughs> okay. So Chris volunteers to bring toys to the kids. Um, the Burgermeister wants him arrested. So it's against the law. Um... Okay, so the Burgermeister orders all doors and windows to be locked, but Chris enters by chimneys and places toys in the children's stockings. And of course, if you watch the Santa Claus, you know that if they don't have a chimney, you can see how the house adapts, <laughs> you know, to continue the lore. Um, he sets a trap for Chris and Topper. Oh my gosh, the little penguin boy. Um, the soldiers capture. Oh my gosh, Jessica. She was such a baddie. Like, again, all the baddies love Jessica. I feel like she was a teacher. Am I just, am I just like, Miss Jessica, their lovely school teacher. Ah. I'm just saying like, okay, so magic corn helps the reindeer fly. Chris marries Jessica. They move to the North Pole. Chris travels only at night as he's still considered an outlaw. And then Burgermeister die, the Meister burgers die as the years pass. He was, uh, you know, he becomes old and resolves to limit his trips to one night a year, Christmas Eve. Okay. So, like, you know, it's cute. It is, however, stop motion. And those are crimes that cannot simply be repented of. <laughs> Okay, last movie, and this, I watched this movie for the first time last night. It was on TV, and I'm gonna make sure I get the name right. Christmas with the Cranks. Now, I feel like this one might fall under the Boxing Day category, forgotten about but cool, because I, generally speaking, don't really hear a lot about this movie. However, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, it's about this... You know, this 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 older, not older, I guess like middle-aged couple and, you know, the husband proposes that they like don't celebrate Christmas for a year so they can save money and go on a cruise. And, you know, of course, their their neighborhood is like is, you know, appalled that they would not put out any decorations. Um, and, you know, it, it's really hard for them to overcome, you know, not being able to get a Christmas tree and not being able to take out their Frosty the Snowman figure and, you know, not acknowledging the carolers that come to their door. But then they learn that their daughter, who 
is in the Peace Corps is surprising them by coming home on Christmas Eve. And so, of course, they have a whole day to get the neighborhood together and plan their traditional Christmas Eve party and decorate their house as if they had done it like they had every year. And of course, you know, the husband who, I guess you could say, didn't always didn't always think about others. He ended up giving their uh, cruise tickets to this older couple. And it's I don't think it's like explicitly said, but I'm pretty sure like the wife like has some, like she probably has cancer or something. So it's like, they don't have a lot of time left. So I don't know. I thought it was cute. I liked it. Like, I genuinely think that was a better quality Christmas movie. Like, I was not expecting that quality, you know? So, you know, we learned we learned a lot. You know, we learned... <laughs> what have we learned from this episode? Um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer needs to be uh, censored from TV for portraying bullying. Um, Frosty the Snowman is an archetype of Christ... Um, the Grinch, however, is an archetype of Satan. Um, (laughs) we learned, we learned a lot. We learned a lot. And the little drummer boy needs to be canceled. (laughs) I mean, to be honest, like, I'm fine. I'm fine with that, you know? (laughs) Like, I mean, there's probably, there's a reason it's not played on TV anymore. It's not just because of that. Um, The Year Without a Santa Claus, Polar Express, um, you know, hot chocolate. Again, mmm, yummy. Craving hot chocolate whenever I watch that movie. That's it. That's all I get out of it, you know? Um, It's a Wonderful Life, Banger, Home Alone, first two are bangers. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, cute. The Nightmare Before Christmas, regrettably I... I, I, I don't want really to have any comments. Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, you know, cute, but at the end of the day, stop motion and therefore, you know, must be punished for their sins. Santa, uh, and then Christmas at the Cranks. So I want to know what you think. You know, there is this feature on Spotify, and I'm probably going to get it wrong. But if you go to this episode, you can send in, and I'll make sure to turn this on for this episode, but you can send in like a, a listener reply so you can send in a listener message if you want to like call in and record your voice like for up to a minute and send it to me or i'm going to ask a question about like you know what's your favorite christmas movie or what's your least favorite you know which which ones deserve to be to be burned to the ground and you can type in your reply and you know what if you give a good reply i might just pin it so you'll get a bit a bit you'll you know you'll get a taste of that clout pill um that being said though you know thank you for listening I uh, didn't acknowledge this at all before, but, you know, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy Boxing Day, um, uh, I don't know, happy whatever, happy winter break, whatever you celebrate. Um, you know, I hope that you have a good time and you have time to watch some some banger movies. See you after the holidays. Ah.